morning. Yesterday we had a little intro about Burma, and I want to just continue on this morning from um, that verse in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, for a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. And yesterday we, we considered a lot about Adoniram Judson, the man who really pioneered the, the gospel first going into Burma 200 years ago. And yet the gospel remains silent to likely some 80 to 85 percent of the population of that country, a country that hosts 60 million people, a lot of people. Um, Judson's goal, his objective when he went there, was to translate the Bible, to give them, present to them God's word in a written format. That was his goal, along with starting one church with 100 members. And um, this is the legacy that we, we know today uh, that Adoniram that Judson and his ministry had left here uh, amongst mankind. The Lord certainly knows the total uh, effect of this man's life. And, and again, I just want to reiterate the fact that he was 17 years old when he made his commitment to go to, to foreign missions. And at that time, there were no mission societies that he could go with until uh, he connected with one in London, England. Um, here's his legacy. He left the Bible, an official translation of the Bible in Burmese that continues today, and it continues today to be held up as the authoritative um, um, version, we'll call it, of God's Word. In fact, a few years ago, the minister of religious, whatever it is, oversight in the Burmese government, who is a very, very um, committed Buddhist, he actually um, squashed the whole idea that they would re, uh, re, do a retake on the, on the uh, Judson Bible. He said, no, it's the most accurate and the most precise, grammatically and punctuatedly, the, the whole thing, that there's no need to change it. And I came from someone who you would think would be very, very much wanting to change it and kind of cause some, some confusion. And so it remains today. In fact, when we were there uh, just a couple of weeks ago, they would, we would say to them, you know, so which, which, uh, you know, which Bible is it that you're using this morning? Oh, it's the Judson Bible. And uh, it's, it's his official translation. And, and these church planners that we were connected with, when they get a Bible for someone, that's the Bible they want. And so it's very important. And that keeps the consistency of, as well. Um, so he left the whole Bible translated for them. He also uh, directly initiated the planning of 100 churches. Remember, he had one church with 100 members. And, and officially, he's, he's been directly involved in starting 100 churches, likely over 8,000 believers in his time there. Uh, he also compiled a, um, an English-Burmese dictionary that still is continued today. And he also established the proper gra grammar uh, to be used in, in the Burmese language. In uh, several of the churches that are established in Burma, uh, and again, most of those are, are non urban they're they're more they tend to be more the the uh, territorial and, and tribal areas but they have Judson Day in in July every year um, in the uh, University of Yangon a major university of the country there's a huge church it's called the Judson Church 
That's inside the secular university. That university itself actually came from a college that Judson started. He started Judson College, and it later uh, merged with a college called Rangoon, which was the, the, the former largest city, uh, now called Yangon. <laughs> um, and that, co- that college now is, is called the University of or Yangon University. It's a huge campus, uh, very modern. Uh, the, the, the facility is just, it's amazing to see what it is, but it's, it all really initiated through Judson's. Uh, in Mandalay, one of the, likely the city of commerce in, in Burma, it's kind of in the north central um, area of the country, it's actually the gateway to China, which is, has been basically Burma's lifeline in the last uh, 60 years. And there's a, a very large Baptist church in, in Mandalay that still functions today. Um, his validity of believer's baptism have, has revolutionized certainly churches worldwide because it was through his study that, that uh, scripturally we consider baptism by immersion. And so many churches today who, who perform baptism by immersion came as a result of Vedonor uh, Judson's um, validity and his, his research on that. In the U.S. alone, there are 36 churches named after him. Uh, in Illinois, there's a university named after him. In Arkansas, there's a town named after him. And in Alabama, there's a college named after him. Um, in Brown University, which was in the Boston area, that's where he graduated from, they actually have a residence on, on campus that's called after him. And the USA, during World War II, had a liberty ship that they called the, the, Judson, the Adoniram Judson ship. And um, so 200 years later, the gospel is still very much alive and well, but it has not exceeded the, the, the boundaries of, of this um, the small group uh, in Burma that have been under captivity. And that's what I want to I share with you, that concept that for 60 years, the, the church and the gospel has been held in captivity. And now God's doing some amazing things. I shared with you yesterday that, um, that back in uh, the mid-60s, actually in 1962, uh, when, the, when the country was taken over by the military, uh, in 1990, there was a man who led a, a very strong democratic political party. Uh, he won a landslide. He won likely 80% of the vote, and yet the military would not recognize him um, and simply removed him. Well, his daughter took over, and she spoke out on all the humanitarian, uh, the human rights and all those things. She won the, the uh, Nobel Peace Prize and immediately uh, was, was put under house arrest and remained there for 15 years. And just this past year, she was released. Her name is Aung San San Chu. Okay, we'll call her Annie, all right? That's a lot easier for me. And uh, so she, she was released this, this, this past year. She was released. Um, I'll get my dates straight here. And, uh, and so I think that was in July she was released. Um, and just, it was okay. Uh, so there's some great ref, uh, reforms taking place in Burma. They told us when we were there that a year ago you'd find five, six uh, soldiers, heavily armed, standing on every street corner. Uh, when we were there for the, for the two weeks we were there, we never saw one soldier. Not one soldier. And we traveled outside the city as well as, as, as spending a lot of time in the large city. Never saw one soldier. We saw some policemen. Uh, we didn't see any activity. 
uh, as far as you know the police doing anything it was just they were they were driving around I guess going to Tim Hortons or something but anyway it was it was just very relaxed and uh, and quite changed we talked with um, with a couple that had they left the country four months ago and came back and they were astonished at the changes that have been made in the country in four months they said the people's hearts and and their their whole attitude to life was changed. It was like this huge burden was beginning to, to be lifted off of them. And, and, uh, and that was not because of the gospel. That's because of the reforms that are coming. Um, within this government, they, they also had some by-elections this past year. And there were two men who were civilians that actually won. And they were allowed to join the government. And now it's beginning to break down. There are more upcoming elections. Our, our friend Annie... Who, who was released, was uh, already has been uh, able to reconvene as leader of this, of this dem- Democratic Party. She has actually been um, uh, allowed to register her party, and in April there's more by-elections. She has now just recently consented to lead that party again. Uh, a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday she had a, a little political rally, and they claimed that there was 100,000 people showed up and there was no sign of the military. Now, you may not understand that, but that, makes, that just makes me want to weep. Because that's how great, that's how great our God is. That he is in charge of all of the leaders, the political aspects, you know what? And we just, we just really need to pray and trust and wait on him. And you know what? Believe in him. Believe in him. Not say, well, God, you know, boy, I hope you can do this. No, it's a matter of really thanking him, right? Thank him for what he's doing and the opportunities that are there and the privilege that he gives you and I just to go and, and man, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Um, politically, that's what's happening in Burma. It's exciting. It's an open door. And because God's in it, it's effectual. But you know, there are some adversaries. There are adversaries. That country has been politically tormented for, for years because of the various um, tribal animistic groups that, that, that uh, dwell in each of the states, provinces, or divisions, however you look at them. And, and the military has been trying to defeat them. Well, recently, they've come up with signing two ceasefire agreements with these people, and there's, there's like all of a sudden there's a harmony. And they, they, they begin to realize, you know, we're all citizens of the same country. We're all citizens of the same country. You know, why, are we fighting? why are we fighting together? But you know what? It's, it's been a generational thing. It's been a traditional thing. Um, there are basically two states in the, in the country that, that the, the, the gospel really did evangelize. It's the Chin state and the Kachin state. Uh, one's in the north, one's in the west. And the people that we worked with were basically Chin people. Uh, and it's amazing because they, they're saying the, chin, the Chins are the people who, who have this burden in their heart to reach all of Burma. Their goal is everywhere you go, you'll say to them, so what's, what's your goal? What's your vision as a, as a little house church, you know, 15 people? What's your vision? Our vision is to see every Buddhist in Burma reach with the, with the gospel. Everywhere you go, and it's like, Oh my goodness, 15 people, and their vision is to reach 55 million. But they know they're not alone. They know that God is with them. 
they're like the remnant that we, that we read about in the scripture. And, and in Zechariah, where Zerubbabel was building the foundation and, and the discouragement he had. And then, of course, in Nehemiah and Ezra, you know, building the wall and building, you know. And God took those small little, little insignificant groups and, and did wonderful things. You know what? That's what he can do in your life. It's what he just desires to do in your life. Uh, man, it's like, here's my life, Lord. And give it to him. Don't take it back, but leave it with him. Leave it with him. And I just urge you, challenge you today to, to do that. Um, purpose in your heart to think about where, where God would have you and what he'd have you do. We live in days that, that no one else has ever had. With the, the ability we have today to, to reach the world, it's amazing. It is really amazing. You know, my friend and I went to Burma. We took 300 of these. You all pretty near have something like this, don't you? And you here got a cell phone? Be honest. Ah, see, look at it. Not here, though, is it? Cell phones have to be off in chapel, do they? Yeah, okay. Recently read of an article about a man, a pastor in a church in the U.S., and he came up with a new, um, a new policy in his church about cell phones. And he said, if your cell phone goes off during the taking up of the offering, there's a $25 fine. <laughs> if your cell phone goes off during the morning prayer, it's a $50 fine. If your cell phone goes off during the morning message, it's a $100 fine. Apparently, they haven't had too many problems with cell phones ringing in their church. <laughs> so, anyway, that was not a joke either. That was really the thing. This little thing here is called an envoy. Little envoy. It's got the. It's it's capable of the entire Bible. This one, in fact, only has the Burmese Bible, the Old Testament, because the New Testament is not available in a digital format yet. But that's being worked on. But it's got the Old Testament, its entirety, plus ten hours of good doctrinal and theological teaching, and uh, it's solar powered. Solar powered. It's it's just a, a great little tool. Um, you turn it on. Green light comes on, lets you know. You can select books of the Bible. You can select chapters within those books. You can select um, portions, maybe two or three verses, depending on the little context of, of where it is. You can go forward. You can go back. It's all push button, and it sounds like this. <laughs> got a pause on it too in case your cell phone rings you know John my friend that, that we traveled together we took 300 of these and you know to get from here to Burma we left the metropolis of Bangor Maine we, we flew to Philadelphia we flew from Philadelphia to Chicago then from Chicago to, to Hong Kong was a 17-hour flight over top of Alaska and the Arctic, Siberia, down through Mongolia. You know what? It never got dark. Never got dark for about 30 hours as we traveled in front of the sun on that 17-hour flight across 12 time zones. But I was amazed. I was amazed that when, when we uh, were getting near... From Hong Kong, we flew to Bangkok, and then from Bangkok, we flew into Yangon. And the little one-hour flight from Bangkok to Yangon, I was sitting there 
thinking, what's going to happen when we enter customs in the land of Burma? Because we each had these, we had 150 of these each in our suitcases. Nice little devices. Most people only carry one or maybe two of, their, of these types of devices, you know. You really only have one or two cell phones or one or two iPads or so on. That's usually, you don't usually carry 150 with you. And so when we got in there, um, we, we had been told that, that the, the customs people may act as brokers. In other words, you have to pay a brokerage fee to bring stuff in. So they said, if that's the case, just, just pay them the brokerage fee and come on through. And, and we were saying, you know what, let's trust the Lord that, that we don't have to pay any brokerage fees. Some people might refer to that as a bribe. I don't know. But it's, if it's not necessary, Lord, then let's, let's not do that. It was $80. Let's, let's use that $80 to buy more envoys, you know. And um, so we go through the, we, we, we come in, go through immigration, and we're walking down, get our little suitcases. We only traveled with, just with two carry-ons. That's all we traveled with. And um, it's called recycling your, your laundry. You know, you pick out your cleanest dirty shirt or your cleanest dusty pants. And anyway, Bible school students know all about that. Anyway, <laughs> um, we enter into the custom zone, and John says, oh, no, they didn't have this x-ray machine last time I was here. Oh, well, you know what? You can get nervous. Have you ever been in a situation, crossing the border maybe, and you, get, you kind of think, well, what's the guy going to ask me today, you know? Um, I crossed at Holton one, one morning, and I was a little bit feeling a little bit nervous, and the man came out, and, he's, and he, he looked at me, and he says, uh, you're both American citizens? Like, no, sir. And he said, oh. Oh, he said, I, got, I asked the wrong question. He said, you're both Canadian citizens. It was kind of funny. I think he was nervous too. But, but the thing was, we were, we were a little bit nervous. And so we, we go up, we put our bags on an x-ray. And of course, as soon as the bags go through this x-ray, there's, this, this guy comes over and he, he says, whose bag is this? They, they could speak pretty good English. And so John says, that's mine. He says, bring it over here. So mine comes through. Whose is it? Mine. Bring it over here. So there we go. We're escorted over to this table. We open them up. Guys, nice and gently, you know, he opens, and there's these little little devices. They're all in little plastic bags, and, and he picks it up, and he looks at me with a smile on his face, and what's this? And I said, well, it's an audio player. It's a digital player. And he said, what's on it? I said, it's, it's the Word of God. It's the Bible. Oh. And he put it down back in the suitcase. And the other man was doing the same thing for John. And the next thing we knew, there were three more came. And I thought, oh, now we're really in trouble. And the five men came, and they were all curious. And it was, it was so close for me to say, hey, guys, here, have one, take one. But the Lord checked me on that. Because I could be seen as, as trying to bribe him or trying to. So I had to check it, but it was like the opportunity was there to, to give each of these men. And they, what? They, they genuinely expressed a, a, a genuine concern and interest. And we told them it was, the, it was the Bible, the Word of God. And so that started us off on a really good track because they, said, they just smiled and said, okay, away you go. And so that was just sort of the beginning. We distributed these. We gave 100 out in one area and 200 in another area to equip the church planners. Um, well, we got 10 minutes yet. Right? Okay, we got it. We got to hustle then. Um, one of the things that I want to, I'm going to show you some pictures this morning. 
in, um, uh, I'll, I'll explain a little more as we, as we look through the, the pictures. Since coming home, I, I received two emails from Paul, the fellow that we worked with. Uh, when I refer to Paul in the, in the pictures this morning, I'm not talking about Paul from the Bible. Oh, this, guy, oh, this man is typically, he could become a Paul. Let me, he's, just, he's just a neat guy. Um, he says, greetings from Yangon. I hope you all are doing well. Here by his grace, our church ministry and church planning are rapidly growing on. In our weekly service, the newcomers from every place join us and listen the gospel. And house churches, activities, prayer meeting, fellowship, Bible study, and salvation training are effectively holding regularly. Uh, they have had so many people coming to their, their central house church that they're now looking for a larger facility. It's, it's kind of difficult when you house 35 to 40 people in one room that's about 10 feet wide and 20 feet long. Um, but they do that. And, and we had the privilege of speaking in those, in those little churches. Um, one of the other things he said here, we distribute the devices, these, these uh, little envoys that we gave, and we distribute the devices to all the members who are especially, uh, that cannot read the scriptures and re in remote areas. We use it for evangelism and gospel tools. In this March, we will hold salvation training and we will distribute mosquito nets to the attendees. And I'll tell you a little more about that when we, when we look at the pictures. And so we should, we should set that uh, going. And um, I'd love to talk with any of you, uh, ask, ask me questions, um, and uh, just, just to explain more. But if we can do the pictures now. We said it's the largest country in Southeast Asia, surrounded by India and China and Tibet, um, Laos, Thailand, 60 million people, military rule for 60 years. Yangon, the city, 6 million. You can tell this is kind of the older part. It's down near the, uh, the main ocean port, which is really on a river. The high rises in the back indicate the, the newer part of the city. This was looking out of our hotel window first uh, few days. Uh, in the foreground, there's a um, there's a ferry right down by the dock. It goes back and forth across this river. Uh, they bring in the huge ocean container ships here. Uh, very, very busy. 24 hours a day, there's, they're moving. Streets in the older part are very, very narrow. Uh, high buildings, uh, eight, ten stories. Businesses are usually ground floor, second floor, and even up as far as the third floor. And then above that, that's where people live. Um, very congested. But uh, we did not feel... Um, we did not feel any, any kind of uh, uh, fear or, or distress as we walked through them. Uh, life depends on the streets. Many of these people make a living by setting up a little table. This was kind of a very elaborate place. This was, this was uh, a very, very fancy eating place. Um, th these people, are, you can see the sidewalk to the extreme left, very, very narrow, but these people are out on the street. Most of the streets are just one way. Uh, days are long because there are so many people trying to sell the same thing that, that you could walk. Uh, we walked about four blocks looking for a map, and we must have gone by 10 or, or even maybe 15 places we could have bought a map. Um, everything, um, homemade uh, items and, and produce and everything um, is, is on the street. In the city of six million people, we drove on many of the large, uh, larger streets in the new part of the city. I only saw two stores that I would consider as grocery stores. They would be equivalent to the Sobeys in Woodstock. 
and that's in, because everything is being done on the main on the streets. Uh, you come along, and here's the chicken shop on the left and the fish shop. I think the chickens should have eaten more fish because um, they were not um, well. They weren't flush. Common displays of religion. Uh, we saw two or three parades where where eight or ten people would be demonstrating their beliefs and celebrations. This was the local garbage sorting center. This is one block away from Traders, which is the largest uh, business commerce building in the city. This was one block away, and people make a living by uh, pushing these little carts around. Uh, we didn't see any large trucks. They gather the garbage off the street in these baskets. Their baskets are numbered, and they bring them here and then sort it uh, and put it into disposal bins and haul it away from, from here. Uh, the contrast, when you look at City Hall, this is the, uh, this is the control center and has been for a while. Very, very huge buildings, elaborate buildings. Um, just uh, the city is very, basically, is very clean. Uh, the Golden Pagoda, this is the largest one, covers 100 acres. Takes you at least uh, half an hour to 45 minutes just to walk around it. And uh, it's another control center. It's the center of Buddhism, uh, daily idol worshiping. And, and these two large uh, Buddhists in the background, there's one in the center kind of down in between them, and, and the lights, wherever the lights flash, whichever one the light's flashing on, he's the one that has the power for that day. And so you kind of, you got to make sure you get there on the right day, because some of them are, you're, you're worshiping them because you've got a sore stomach, other ones because you're grieving about something, and there's just, there's just hundreds of them. And again, the evidence of this uh, system of self-purification, uh, the, the, the Buddhist world, um, we talked yesterday about how they're volunteering to do this and, and uh, families are profiting because their children are going out becoming Buddhists and being handed everything. Uh, incredible, though. On the main business street, the little red building there is the Bible Society of Burma. And uh, that building has been there for about 150 years. And uh, recently, uh, a large European company came. They were, they were going to buy that building, demolish it, and put in a 25 or 30 story uh, business building here and the uh, government of Burma and the historical society said no you can't do that because that's too connected with Adoniram Judson so you've got to leave the Bible Society. So there it is just still nestled in and it was really a blessing to see that. But yet you look around the country there's over 4,000 pagodas, these, these uh, Buddhist, Buddhist temples. Um, you cross out of the city it's a different world in um, there's no more elaborate buildings. Uh, the cities are, are very, very well, but the country is, is quite poor. It's, it's, um, it's very devastating. Although you still have this presence of bondage. This lady was at a little stand there going to buy something, and so when the monk came, she stepped back and, and gave him preference. He has, so he would go there. He would eat free. He would drink free. Uh, the people who are giving that to him, they, they feel good about themselves because they're, they're addressing the monk's needs, and, and so... Um, young boys, uh, different colored uh, robes indicate different stages in the, in the um, development of your, of your uh, process, I guess, to be a monk. And um, you've heard the story about living on the other side of the tracks. Uh, this was very evident. Uh, these were people living that close to tracks, um, no, no hope whatsoever. 
and yet there's down the road from this is where they have begun a church planning institute. Uh, you could take you could take the purpose of MBBI out and, and exchange them with this place. They had 29 students, um, men and women. It was just a thrill to see them. Uh, they come here, they study three and four years, all for the, the, the purpose of planning churches. Uh, the two men, Manchu and Bobby, uh, Bobby being the president and Manchu his, his vice, these two men have a heart that's, that's as big as the moon. Uh, to reach the nation of Burma and train, train leaders. Uh, it, was a, it was a privilege to speak here and share a word with these people for a couple of days. Um, just, just a thrill. Uh, these people are so honest. Uh, they share their struggles. They share their, their uh, insecurities. Um, here we presented them with 100 audio Bibles to help equip some of their church planners and, and others who are, who are seeking to go out. Um, this was graduation day. This was their 11th uh, graduation, and John and I had the privilege of partaking, uh, participating in this uh, graduation. Uh, 11 students graduated. I was able to, to have the prayer of commendation to them. Um, just, just a thrill to see. Uh, each of them shared their testimony, um, and their testimony was they want to go to unreached people. This is Paul and Mary. Uh, uh, they are actually grads of that institute from five or six years ago, and he's one of the main keys. He's our main contact there. Uh, they're four little children. They're a very young couple, but he's got a vision house church. You can see the little church here, 35 to 40 people attending. Uh, there's one little room off to the right, and that's kind of the overflow area. Um, what a thrill to, to see them. We gave them 200 uh, envoys um, to be used, and... Uh, Again, one of their models is, is taken from Timothy, you know, trusting faithful men. And this is uh, one of the faithful men. And a lady, uh, these, are, these are church planning people. Um, we got to visit one of the church planners. This is his, this is his house, and this is where the, uh, where the people would come and visit. Uh, praise and worship, singing, um, praising the Lord, uh, um, open prayer, uh, the preaching of the word. Uh, this We were sitting in here, and the... And Paul turns to us and says, okay, get ready, because each of you got to give a five-minute message. And, um, and then they wanted us to, to dedicate these people, uh, praying over them and, and uh, committing them to the Lord. And they take this very serious. This is, this is very serious. As we left there, we walked through areas. Uh, again, you can see people trying to make a living. And um, we came to one man and his wife, and, and a couple of their children. They make mosquito nets. These are life-saving devices um, we had uh, taken enough funds that we could purchase 180 of these and distribute them and uh, that was really a thrill because these are family size They'll, five or six people can, can, uh, can be protected by this one and the others, just smaller ones, they're doubles three to four people uh, we took in uh, uh, several hundred of these wordless book uh, cross pins was to share the gospel along with a lot of bracelets uh, these ladies were just, they said, oh, these are the things we need. And they wore those uh, from the first day till the last day we saw them. Everywhere you see them, you'd see them wearing these things and sharing the gospel just with that message. Um, more opportunities, every little road, they said, oh, you can go down here. There's, there's opportunities to share the gospel. People will listen. Well, they also, the, the, the church planning institution has developed an orphanage. Uh, children's parents die because working in the rice fields. This lady on the right is a, actually a university graduate, 
and she volunteers along with another lady to look after this house of orphans. And they consider themselves, when they're together, they consider themselves a family. Um, these were dear children. They just, they were thrilled to be around. Uh, they, the children work and they, they plant um, little trees and flowers and they sell those uh, to, to help support the orphanage. I was able to meet a friend of mine when we were going through Bangkok. His name is, is Andy Rice. Andy has, uh, came with us on a short-term team 20 years ago in, in Ecuador. And it was a thrill to see where the Lord has, has taken him. And um, there was also some other familiar things. Uh, this was in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And there's a bank in Nova Scotia there. And I was going to go and withdraw a couple of dollars out of my son's account just so he'd be wondering what is going on. But I didn't have the courage. Modern cities are attracting many people. This, again, is, is the city of Kuala Lumpur. Uh, these investment towers are promising the better life, and many people are striving to reach the cities. Uh, but then they, they encounter more of the idols and religion. Um, man has turned his, his own way. Uh, we know that, don't we? The Bible tells us that. Uh, the Petronas Towers are almost the world's tallest. The CN Tower in Toronto was a few inches taller than these two. Um, we were able to find out a lot about them and the history. Here in modern Manila, downtown Manila, 40, 45-story buildings. Uh, just, just amazing, the, uh, the um, materialistic thing. And then you look at the old jeepneys, and, and these are a traditional vehicle, um, public transit, and they're always uh, painted up very fancy. They've always got Mary on them because Manila tends to be um, a Catholic-based country. Uh, but Mary or Jesus and all kinds of religious things. And they say, don't be deceived. These, these guys are not religious. These guys are not believers. But that's a sort of a self... Um, uh, they can, they can, they're appeasing their own guilt by, by doing this. The um, Bible says that God's word is the power unto salvation. And, and uh, this was so amazing because we had communion with the, the folks at the little institute. And it just meant so much to see the the way that the, the cup and the bread are being re, uh, remembered there. Uh, we're trusting that these audio Bibles will be used. Already we've heard reports. Uh, the, the people are celebrating. They're excited. The church planters, this is one church plant. Uh, they have 10 or a dozen people come each, uh, well, three or four times a week. Uh, and they're, they're just excited about these little envoys. This is a new church uh, planter. They just started, and already they've got 20 people attending. Uh, they're, they're talking about all the fruits for their labors and what God's doing. And so when I look at Burma, I think, can the captives be set free after 60 years? Well, their, thought, their song and their theme was God will make a way. And how does he make a way? He makes a way because of his word and uh, the power of his Holy Spirit and the fact that God's word is uh, truth. Um, and so we can trust it. And uh, we too can be church planners um, with the... With the uh, uh, for the Lord. And so thank you this morning, and really, uh, we'll just call it quits there. Thank you.